Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jason Reed and Daniel Preciado. Well, we've been here before, Daniel. The Los Angeles Lakers dropped game one of a playoff series. A few weeks ago, it was the Portland Trailblazers. Today, it is the Houston Rockets. Uh, dropping game one in kind of uh, not-so-fun fashion. I believe the final score was, I don't want to look at it again because it just hurts to see. 112-97. Uh, to 97. Um, I mean, a lot of that was the fourth quarter. Rockets outscored the Lakers by nine. But um, rough way to start the second round of the playoffs, for sure. Yeah, not too pleased with the performance from the Lakers tonight. I, I thought Frank Vogel didn't really do a good job on his end. I thought there were a couple of players that played too much. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, <clears throat> Rajon Rondo. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that in a second. But, yeah, overall not pleased with the Lakers' performance. I thought uh, AD was fine. I thought LeBron was fine. But nobody really stood out tonight. Uh, the Lakers' defense was just really, really lax all night. And I understand that it's only 112 points, but it was a lot worse than that. Yeah, before we dive into it, um, if you're feeling sad like us, uh, one way to make you feel better is to uh, subscribe to the Lake Show Life podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, my leave, God. <laughs> leave a five-star review. You know, it feels good to be, like, charitable and to give back to other people. And you're giving back to us and helping us build, you know, our confidence and our mood by giving us a five-star review. Um, true story. It is uh, 1.30 in the morning right now for Daniel. He lives on the East Coast, and uh, he just ate 20 uh, pizza rolls because he's just so devastated from this loss. So uh, Yeah, yeah. You know what? It, it's depressed eating. That's what it is. <laughs> so we need one star for every four pizza rolls that Daniel <laughs> ate after this game. <laughs> yes, yes. Leave us a five-star review. We very much appreciate it. We read all your reviews. At least I do. Oh, I, I do. Of course I okay. do. Oh, um, wonderful. But, but I, uh, yeah, love to hear it. I think the reason you're so sad and the reason a lot of Laker fans are sad, um, number one on our outline is uh, what in the world is uh, Frank Vogel doing with Rajon Rondo? And uh, more partic- in particular, Alex Crusoe as well. Because it, it it's a joke, man. I'm kind of upset. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Alex Crusoe, Stan, me over here, not too <laughs> pleased. I am – you know what's funny too is that I love Alex Crusoe and I can't stand Rajon Rondo. I've been pounding the table on the fact that the Lakers should just employ him as a bench coach pretty much and not play him major minutes or any minutes at all. Like, yeah. I think I even tweeted today. I was like, <laughs> I said something about Rajon Rondo. And I was like, you know how many minutes he deserves? Zero. And that might even be too many because that's <laughs> the truth, dude. It's the truth. There are so many uh, guys on the team that could be getting these minutes and they're not. Yeah. Like, you would think they would want to ease them in. Oh, yeah. So, Rajon Rondo has not played a professional basketball game in six months because, obviously, he got injured during practice in the bubble, never played in the scrimmages. At least, I think he got injured before the scrimmages. Um, And you throw him in, you would think, oh, maybe they'll give him, like, 10, 15 minutes, you know, ease him into it. No, 25 minutes for a guy who already wasn't fantastic before he was injured. Uh, A lot of Laker fans, you know, very frustrated with him all season long. And you just throw him in 25 minutes. And as a result, you know, something happened that we said we didn't want to happen. Uh, Alex Crusoe, 16 minutes. Granted, he was in a little bit of foul trouble. He picked up some fouls. He had five in the game. But 
16 minutes for Caruso after the way he played in round one, especially considering the matchup at hand, you know, the Houston Rockets who are a guard dominant team. They're small. They shoot threes. That's what Caruso is there for to stop the three point ball and to only play him 16 minutes and to play, you know, an over the hill veteran 25 minutes. It's just, you know, I thought Frank Vogel was better than this. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, Honestly, you could look at it. It's like the 24 minutes and the 16 minutes uh, Rondo and Caruso. That were flipped. It would be a lot more easy to stomach. Um, but I still think Rondo should be getting, you know, in the range of maybe five to ten minutes a game, and Caruso should be near 20 to 25. I may, might even go more than that, honestly, for Caruso at yeah. this point, the way he's playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't blame you. Personally, you know, I'd like to see – Crusoe get 12 more minutes, maybe put him at a 28. Uh, take those 12 from Rondo. He's down to 13, and then give those extra, like, seven to someone else. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. split him up between Danny Green, KCP, maybe a little bit of Marcus Morris in there, or Markeith Morris, excuse me. Um, but, yeah, man, this is the thing. I wrote an article about it uh, on Lake Show Life before the series started. We talked about it on the podcast. The mistake the Lakers had to avoid was, you know, taking away Crusoe's minutes for Rondo. And we kind of, we joked about it on the podcast. I don't even think we really saw it as a legitimate concern. You know what I mean? We didn't think it was going to happen. Like genuinely, we were just afraid of it. Um, And yeah, he was in foul trouble, but this wasn't one of those like, Oh, he was in foul trouble. So that's why Rondo played. Like it was very much trying to get Rondo in the rotation at the, you know, cost of taking Crusoe out. Maybe he would have played another three, four minutes if he wasn't in foul trouble, but that's still not enough. Uh, In those 16 minutes, he had 14 points. Played solid defense, made all his free throws, uh, had the second best plus minus besides Dion Waiters and Jared Dudley, who played three and five minutes. He had minus two. Uh, the only person that was better was Javel McGee at plus five, and that was in thirteen minutes. So, you know, compared to everyone else on the team, you know, Caruso was doing his thing, and uh, for whatever reason, we have Rajan Rondo out there for twenty-five minutes, who has uh, a yeah. four turnovers, and yeah, yeah. I mean, Alex Caruso had his best offensive performance of the playoffs so far yeah. or potentially of the season, considering that it was in 16 minutes. Yeah. I mean, 14 points in 16 minutes and you're really not a willing shooter. That's kind of impressive. Shot five threes and actually made two of them, made all those free throws. Like you mentioned, he's even space. He's even passed the ball around four assists and they still didn't play him. Yeah. I mean, it's upsetting. Uh, he was one of our purple and gold players. He was yours because you were a, a stan. Uh, my my gold player, Alex, uh, not Alex Caruso. I wish it could be Alex Caruso. I wanted him as well. Uh, Kyle Kuzma. He got a lot of playing time, 28 minutes. Uh, he had the worst plus minus on the team, minus 21. But a lot of that was just because he was kind of in there in the fourth quarter when things got out of hand. But he still didn't look great. Um, he didn't provide that you know playmaking that we can get from him time to time. He only had eight points, three of nine shooting. Um, just not a good night for him, obviously. I feel like no one really had a great night. I mean, LeBron and uh, AD kind of did their thing, but still a combined 45 points for them is a little bit underwhelming, especially considering the matchup. Um, but yeah, Kyle Kuzma did not play how he needs to play for the Lakers to win games. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Kuzma did not look really good. I would, I would say that he was probably the worst player on the floor when he was on the floor. I thought he had an actual worse performance than Rajon Rondo. Because at least Rajon Rondo was passing the ball around. But Kuzma on defense, too, was, kept getting cooked. Um, yeah, yeah I, wasn't, I was not pleased just overall with the performance of everybody. But I will pick on Kuzma and Rondo as 
you know, the ones that really stood out to me as having poor games. Yeah, and then as we mentioned, Crusoe did good in his time out there. He just didn't get enough time. Uh, the purple players on the Houston Rockets that we singled out, uh, you had Robert Covington. Pretty quiet night, you know, at least offensively for Covington. I mean, he did have four steals in the block. You know, that's good, big defensively. But he only had six points, two of three shooting. Like, if you can hold him to six points, that's great. Um, unfortunately, you know, what didn't result in the W. And then I had Jeff Green, who actually had the best plus minus off of the bench. Seven points, three of five shooting, uh, three steals. So played solid defense as well. And it's just uh, one of those things, man. The Lakers, it's frustrating. I feel like this is game one of the Portland series all over again, man. I really do. Yeah, yeah. It feels it feels very similar. Something to note too on the Rocket side, they had 13 steals tonight. That's incredible. <laughs> they had four guys with multiple steals. Um, the Lakers though actually had more steals plus blocks, or like like they're called stocks. They had 17, and Houston had 16. Okay. But uh, yeah, kind of interesting there. I don't know. I, it felt it felt like the Lakers were not playing that good of defense, I guess, in the blocks and steals as far as those go. Yeah, and then I mentioned AD a little bit. Uh, I just want to touch on him as well. From the box score, he did good. Uh, 10 to 16, uh, made all four from the free throw line, 14 rebounds, 25 points. But I was looking at his shot chart, you know, and he wasn't down low as much as I would have liked. There's that one clip that's going around on Twitter. I believe it was uh, PJ Tucker guarding him, and he just kind of posted him up and then tried a mid-range J and airballed it. Um, not a good look. Uh, obviously would like to see a more dominating game out of Anthony Davis, especially if we're not getting a vintage LeBron game, a game where LeBron's only attempting 15 field goals and is only scoring 20 points. You kind of need that, you know, 35 to 40 from AD if that's the kind of game you're going to get from LeBron. And for whatever reason, man, he just, it, it's the one thing about AD, the one flaw. It's just there's certain nights where it's almost like he, he's still a great player, you know what I mean? But it's like, you know he could take it a little further, and for whatever reason, he doesn't. And that's not concerning, but a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, like we kind of talked about in the Blazers series, I feel like one of them has to do have an exceptional game, yeah. you know, for the Lakers to really have a chance. Because as much as we like the depth, we don't really have that third, you know, great, great scoring option. Yeah. So really one of them's got to go off for, you know, mid thirties or something. And if they both do that usually signals that the Lakers are winning by a good margin. I mean, we, we got to see that going forward. I would like to see, you know, somebody even put up the 45 that they put up together combined uh, at some point in this series. That'd be great. And I'm sure it'll happen. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it feels like the Portland series, uh, Portland game one, I should say, uh, you just look at the team stats, too. The Lakers took 38 threes, uh, Houston 39. That's not something I expected to see, just equal three-point shooting. Again, 28% from the field. Uh, they shot good from the free-throw line, so that's actually a really promising thing to you know kind of just take a positive spin going forward. Um, but it's that three-point shooting, you know what I mean? I mean, I would like to see him shy away from it a little bit. I guess the Rockets kind of force your hand a little bit to do that, but... You figure if they shoot like they've been shooting in the good games, if they make 18, that's 21 extra points. That's a Lakers win, if I did my math correct. Yeah. So it's just that that poor shooting. And the Lakers are not a team that is equipped to go toe-to-toe with the Rockets with a three-point ball. They're just not. You know, they can have their spurts and they have their guys who can have big games, but that can't be your bread and butter in a series against Houston. And, I mean, if you shoot like this, you're going to lose. So. Yeah, yeah. The issue I have with the three-point shooting, especially tonight, it was like really evident. Was <laughs> excuse Oops. me. Is that the uh, pizza rolls coming back? <laughs> <laughs> the 
stop, stop. Um, <laughs> the issue I had was the fact that, you know, the guys that were missing the three ball kept on shooting it. We saw LeBron go two for seven. Yeah. Saw Danny Green go two for seven. KCP one for five. Kuzma one for four. Can't be having that. Yeah. You cannot be having that. If you're, you know what, if the ball's not falling, it's not falling. There's no reason to force it, especially against a team like the Rockets, because you know what? That's a five point swing. If they hit a three on the other end because the ball was falling for them tonight and you're missing that three, you're not going to get it. You know, it, it really just hurts the Lakers when they don't play to their strengths. Yeah, absolutely. It, again, it was the same thing we saw in game one last series. I hate to, you know, say it so many times, but we saw the Lakers. They had that stretch in game one last series where they went on a run, kind of brought it close by getting physical and getting down low. And then LeBron started chucking 40 footers. And that's when Portland, you know, kind of similar to this game, kind of just pulled away in the fourth quarter. Because um, this game was closer than the, the final score indicates. Um, you know, it's kind of the same thing. It sucks to see. Uh, where can you see them be better in game two? Shot selection, I think, is number Absolutely. one. And then defensively. I thought they came out with a little bit more defensive intensity uh, at the like beginning of the second half. Because the first half was kind of shaky. Yeah. Um, but in the third quarter... I thought they played really well, and then they really lost that in the fourth quarter. They just they really fell apart. Obviously, you know the bench was like the deep bench was getting the minutes uh, down the stretch, but man, just the defense. I this happened game one last series too. We were yeah. talking about the defense and how we were not exactly impressed with it, um, considering they gave up a hundred points to the Blazers in game one. We were like. It felt like it was way worse than that, you know, yeah. and it comes down to shot selection at the same time. Like if three balls not falling for you and you're not playing defense on the other end, you're going to get blown out. That's a recipe for disaster. Oh, absolutely. And then obviously, as we've, we've mentioned, uh, more Alex Crusoe, please, um, which it sucks because I don't think that's going to happen. And if it does happen, it's going to come at the sake of someone else's minutes, not Rajon Rondo's, because we'll talk about it a little later um, when I, I have a question for you to kind of end the podcast. But Frank Vogel's comments does not make it seem like Rondo's going to get any less minutes, which is not good. Um, but like you mentioned, man, shot selection, can't agree more. We saw it with Portland, too. There was nights where they hit the three-point ball really well, but it was better shot selection, and they hit it early, and they kept hitting it. Um, they just need to be smarter, kind of go with what works. I would like to see a huge game out of AD in Game 2, um, or even LeBron. Just a huge game out of one of them. That, Like we said, that's what you need, and they didn't get that tonight. And it's just kind of yeah. like... I'm not like – it's not like the Rockets were like a much better – I mean, they were a better team tonight, but it was almost like the Lakers beat themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I didn't feel like, you know, the Rockets beat the Lakers. The Lakers beat the Lakers. So as long as they kind of get out of their own way and just play their style of basketball, um, you know, good things will happen, hopefully. I mean, we saw it last yeah. series. I, I mean, I predicted a series, a sweep this series. Obviously, that is no longer going to happen. I believe you picked Houston in, or not Houston, uh, Lakers in five or six. Mm -hmm. I I think I was between five and six. I don't remember what I said. I think I was leaning five though. Yeah, I said a sweep. Uh, I meant a gentleman's sweep. So that's what I meant. I just want to clarify. I got my words mixed up last episode. So <laughs> I meant I said gentleman sweep, not regular sweep. Yeah. Um, Something I want to mention too. Mm -hmm. uh, talking about LeBron James. Did you see who the primary defender was on him tonight? It was Eric Gordon. Yeah. And he scored 20 points. Tell yeah. me how that happens. I, it's weird, man. LeBron, it's... I, I think, honestly, 
it feels like the bubble has like such a big effect on him. And I I don't I'm not gonna use the bubble as an excuse. This is the Lake Show Life podcast promise. If the Lakers lose this series, uh I will not blame the bubble because every team has to play in the bubble. Um but it does feel like, you know, LeBron's a family man, he's been around from away from his family. It's a lot easier for these younger guys to go in this hotel situation and go play cornhole and hang out. I feel like, you know, LeBron, especially with some of the reports coming out of, you know, when they had their hiatus and LeBron kind of seemed like he was talking down to a few of the guys. He's almost like in his own kind of realm. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure he has his friends. He has his Chris Pauls and his Carmelo Anthony's and whatnot. But I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron's been kind of just like a loner. With, like, AD, maybe. I know they probably have a presidential suite together next to each other, whatever. Um, yeah. But I, I wonder if that's taking a toll because he just doesn't seem all there. I don't want to say all there. It, it's interesting. I don't really know what to take of it, you know. And, of course, he's had huge games. But there's just been these – after a few days layoffs, you know, we saw it in game one last series. We saw it game one now. It's almost like he's got to kind of remind himself to kick it into gear. And I'm sure this game will show that. So, it's weird. It's a weird thing, man. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying there for sure. Um, yeah, I think the whole thing with the um, with the boycott kind of opened my eyes to that. Um, just the fact that he he kind of seemed like a lone wolf in that. You know, guys didn't like what he had to say, and they said that it got ugly. And I can only imagine that he was a part of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. It's an interesting situation, and he's going to come out in game two and score 37 with 12 assists and 10 boards and three blocks or something crazy. It just seems like more more than ever, this series, or not this series, this, you know, playoffs, he kind of needs that kick in the ass a little bit more. So we'll see, you know, what goes forward. Uh, we'll talk about the betting predictions on all the games. Uh, game one, we both went one and one. Uh, Daniel put... Uh, Bet Houston plus seven didn't actually bet it, but picked Houston plus seven. He thought the Lakers were going to win by five or four, uh, but he missed the over. He thought the over was going to hit. It was the under two twenty six. The final total was quick math in my head. I can't do that that quickly. <laughs> I also I also went one and one. I had Lakers minus seven because I am more you know I believe in them more than Daniel does, but I <laughs> but I hit the wow. under. So uh, yeah, putting you on the spot there. Game two lines, Daniel. Lakers are now five and a half point favorites. The line moved a point and a half. The total is two twenty four point five. Went down a point and a half. I'm five and I'm six and six on the year on the playoffs. I should say Daniel was five and seven. I will go first because I made you go first last time. All right. I'm gonna start with the total. I'm gonna go with a, an over of two twenty four and a half. I think I don't know the numbers behind this, but I feel like all but one of the Lakers games has gone under. That sounds about right. I think so. This is a trend breaker. Um, the Lakers are going to be better offensively. I think Houston is going to score right around. I think they'll score a little bit less. You know, I'll give my final score prediction. But I think you can beat the Rockets easily by them scoring 112, um, especially with their defense. Uh, they're going to score a little bit less in game two. I do have the over. And I also have Lakers minus five and a half because I have more faith in Lakers than you. Well, uh, I'm going to have to take the opposite side of both of those i'm gonna be taking oh. the rocket five and a half and i'll take the under rockets five and a half and the under okay okay this could be a swinger if one of us goes two and oh that would be crazy yeah we should have put we should have had a bet at the beginning of this like a like a not a bet 
but like a forfeit. So whoever lost had to do something kind of embarrassing. Um, it's kind of too late for that because you are down. So I don't want to throw that on you, but <laughs> we tie, maybe we'll, we'll consider it if we tie each other up. Um, so my final score prediction, Daniel, to get my Lakers minus five and a half in the over. I'm going to go with the final score. Lakers are going to come out and they're going to look much better, much better offensively. They're going to hit some of their threes. Uh, they're going to get to the paint. They're going to look good. They're going to score 100. My keyboard is not working because I'm typing this on our outline as we speak. 118, Daniel. Two. 107. The over hits by two and a half points. If I did my math. No, half a point. Oh, wow. Okay. 118-107, Lakers. Final score prediction. What is your score prediction for game two? All right. The listeners don't want to hear it, but I'm going to go 109-106 Rockets. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Can I get some reasoning? Let's talk about it. <laughs> so I think this is the first time either one of us have ever picked Against the, Lakers the Lakers do not win yeah. outright. Um, I did not like some of the things I saw in game one. I do not like Rondo getting 25 minutes. I f- definitely see that continuing. I think that there's a lot of factors that kind of come into play. As long as the Rockets are you know, hot-handed offensively and the Lakers don't play as good of defense as they're capable of, I don't see how the Lakers win. I genuinely don't. I think the Rockets are a very underrated basketball team. I think the Lakers are far superior. Mm-hmm. But it really comes down to the Lakers, you know, realizing the identity that they have and putting it on display instead of trying to play the Rockets game of basketball, which they're not capable of. Absolutely. Um, I think as long as they stay on that wrong path, I personally don't see the Lakers winning the series. I, I can say that with confidence. Oh, I can agree absolutely. I mean, I was kind of talking about it round one against portland i was more you know kind of wary of them than you were um Mm -hmm. but the thing is you know lakers they looked they looked like this in game one last time they made the adjustment you know i i hope they don't shoot as many threes obviously but i you know they i think they will be better and i hope it's less i hope it's more like you know make 11 threes but maybe 30 attempts um that'd be much better Mm -hmm. uh maybe 12 or 30 13 or 30 something like that that's all they really need um, and I just I think they'll make the adjustments. I think LeBron is the most you know seasoned guy. Like I said, he kind of needs that kick in the behind, and he got it from this game. Uh, Vogel will hopefully make adjustments. Um, we'll see aggressive Anthony Davis. Hopefully, I think the few days layoff might have hurt the Lakers. Honestly, the Rockets have been playing these you know must win games the last few days, whereas the Lakers were kind of sitting around. Uh, might have underestimated them a little bit. Who knows? Um, I'm confident that they'll make the adjustment. Um, but if they don't, you know, we'll talk about it in a second. First, I just want to wrap up the playoffs because the series could get bad. It could look a lot like the Bucks series. Um, Bucks down 0-3, Daniel. Can you believe that? No, <laughs> I can't. And game three wasn't even close, man. Like the Heat came out and just like destroyed the Bucks in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was a close game, but that fourth quarter was just wow. Yeah, I was watching the game, and it was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I thought the Bucks had it, and I was like, all right, this is going to be a 2-1 series. And yeah. I kept looking up at the TV, looking up at the TV. All of a sudden, I see the Heat up 11 with 54 seconds remaining, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. The Bucks are down 0-3. If that happens to the Lakers, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be so mad. Dude, I mean, Giannis not looking great, getting a lot of flack. Um, a lot of flack. 
He's not playing well. You yep. know, there was that one thing, I believe it was game one or game two, where the reporters asked him, like, why didn't you switch on to Jimmy Butler in a key possession? And he just was like, why would you ask me that? And it's kind of like, well, you're the defensive player of the year. You kind of would think that you would guard their best player um, in a key situation. Um, man, dude. He's not looking great. He only scored 21. Brooke Lopez, their leading scorer. And just Jimmy, dude, yeah, the, the Heat have that, like, that underdog tenacity, man. And usually you don't see it in basketball as much because, you know, I think it's it's been a lot of years since, you know, that's either a one or two seed in the finals. I know there's like a streak of that. Um, but sometimes you get these tenacious, you know, this tenacious, I almost said tenacious, <laughs> tenacious, <laughs> uh, these tenacious underdogs, man, who just have a will to win and upset these teams. You know, the last team we kind of saw do it was the 2011 Dallas Mavericks. And while these teams are, you know, built differently, um, I'm kind of getting that vibe a little bit, man. It's just, you know, sometimes everything clicks at the right time and everything's clicking for them. It really is. Yeah, I think they're a pretty pretty good team. There's no way, though, that I ever could have envisioned this happening. And anybody who says that they envision the Heat going up 3-0 on the Bucks, probably lying because, you know, it's just... I do <laughs> it's have a... Such like a like a small percentage chance outcome that we're kind of witnessing here. I do Giannis have a... Go ahead, sorry. Four, Sorry, Giannis played horrible today. I mean, oh yeah. You look at twenty-one, sixteen, and nine. Took him twenty-one shots to get there. <laughs> seven of those points came from the free throw line. He went zero for seven from three. Yeah. Like yeah, sure. You know the points, rebounds, and assists look great, but under the hood, it looks not good at all. Mm-mm. When your leading scorer is Brooke Lopez, and you have Giannis and Chris Middleton on that team that's that means you know <laughs> your night not too great yeah and then their comment uh mike budenholzer is saying that uh Giannis and chris middleton at 36 minutes is pushing it like what i it's the playoffs <laughs> i yeah um i will say though you mentioned no one said that the heat would go up 3-0 on the bucks uh my girlfriend's cousin we had this discussion um, probably midway through the first round, he was asking me, he's like, oh, who do you got out of the East? And I was like, oh, I think it'll be the Bucks. You know, they got the best player. They've been the best team all year. If I had to pick a team to beat them, it's the Celtics. I said that on the podcast. And he's like, no, it's going to be the Heat. I was like, no, it's not. Come on. I was like, he's like, no, it's going to be heat. the Heat. I was like, I could see the Heat like beating the Raptors or the Celtics, you know, in round two if they played them and, you know, making it to the conference finals. But there's no way they're making it to the finals. He's like, bro, the Heat are going to be the, in the finals. And his prediction was Clippers Heat with the Clippers winning, unfortunately. Um, but he was yeah. right about the Heat, man. I was like, I was like, not laughing at him because he's really like a knowledgeable with basketball. But I was like, nah, dude, you're buying into the underdog story. He's like, nah, he's like, Jimmy Butler, you know, like I said, tenacious. Uh, they got their two stars. They got good defenders. They got good shooters. I was like, yeah, I feel like they're a year away. You know, I said that on the podcast last week. And um, damn, man, they look good. Now I want to tell you something. You know, the Lakers like to keep uh, heaving up threes when they're missing. I like to keep heaving up bets when I'm losing. <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks, plus 860 to win the series. If any team's going to come back 3-0, it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness plus 860 hey there's value there but uh it'd be one of the first teams in the history of american sports to come back from a 3-0 deficit i mean so 4 boston red sox we're due for another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i yeah i think the bucks are still on paper a better basketball team than the heat but man they're gritty they fight they don't care man 
just watch that fourth quarter over again and you're like, wow, this team is capable of big things. I, I would be I wouldn't be scared if you know that maybe if the Lakers do make it to the finals and end up playing the Miami Heat. Say the Miami Heat win this one and they beat the Celtics or the Raptors, whoever wins that series, which like we kinda think it's gonna be the Celtics, but man, I I would be kind of scared. It reminds me of the Mavericks in two thousand eleven, like you mentioned. It really does. Yeah, man. It's and the thing is, like, I, I joke about the Bucks eight plus eight sixty. I'm not gonna bet it because even though the Bucks are the much better team, even if they make the adjustments, you know, where they should beat the Heat four games in a row, the Heat are a scrappy team. One of those games, you know, if we just pretend it's 0-0 and they just had to play four games against each other, one of those games is destined to go down to the wire and the Heat are just going to win one of them just because of their scrappiness and how they play basketball. Um, yeah. So I just can't see the Bucks beating them four times in a row, um, which is insane, man. It's insane. Um, rest of the NBA playoffs, Clippers up 1-0 against the Nuggets. The Nuggets just look totally outmatched. That's such an easy, easy round two matchup there. The, the Clippers, I they're sweeping. I, I can say that firmly. I'm yeah. pretty sure I said last last podcast that I thought the Clippers were going to sweep. I think you did. Uh, think after you did. game one, I am very confident in that. Yeah, man. Um, and then we got uh, Raptors, Celtics, Raptors. They avoided going down 3-0-3 themselves. Uh, credible buzzer beater. Uh, I, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm so bad at names. OG and – what's his last name? <laughs> OG Ananobi. Ananobi. I knew that. Um <laughs> uh, just that was an interesting just series of events. You know, they had what 0.4 seconds on the clock. They bring Taco Fall in to guard the inbound <laughs> pass, which is an interesting move, but if it works, everyone calls Brad Stevens a genius, so I'm not gonna kill him for it. Um yeah. and then just no one accounts for the guy in the corner. I don't know what Jalen Brown was doing. I know they're playing zone, but like why would you play zone there? And he gets an open corner three, and you know, guys in the NBA make open corner threes. So that's an interesting series. The Raptors, you know, I'm still not – I wouldn't feel great about them if I was a Raptors fan. But, you know, yeah. playoff basketball yeah. is fun, man. Yeah, it seems like, you know, even Boston's only up 2-1. I, I feel like they've been playing like it's a 3-0 series. The Raptors really did get lucky. They yeah. really did. Uh, this one's probably going to go 5 or 6 with Boston taking it. I know I like the Raptors, but I don't really have confidence in them to end up taking this series. Here's some value. I mean, there's juice on it, but I feel like not as much juice as there should. Celtics only minus 220 to win the series. I feel like that might sh- that should probably be a little bit higher. Uh, minus 220? Yeah. I feel like that, that should be like... about right. I would... I, w- I would think it'd be like a minus like 400, honestly. But maybe that's just because yeah. I'm so high on the Celtics. <laughs> Parlay the Heat with the Celtics, with the Clippers, with the Rockets. That's guaranteed money. Can you parlay a uh, series? Yeah. You should be able to. Don't tell me that. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah, tell oh, me. yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. You can definitely not do that, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have, I have one question to wrap up the show, Daniel. Uh, you kind of already touched on it a little bit. I was hoping you wouldn't go too far down the path because I want to end up with this. But mm-hmm. I asked it after game one last series. Um, you said it was in the cupboard. Cupboard was closed. You weren't ready yet. But you said if they lost game two, you would have pulled it out of the cupboard, had it ready. Um, I just want to know, after this game one loss, where is your panic button? Ah, That's a good question. Um, 
personally, I think it's a lot closer to being pressed than it was with the Blazers, just considering that the Rockets are a way better team than the Portland Trail Blazers. This whole emergence of Rajon Rondo from the ashes (laughs) does not make me too happy. Um, I think that there are a lot more points to be made against the Los Angeles Lakers at this point after game one than there was against the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I'm I, I'm not going to push it yet, but I think I'm a lot closer than I even thought I would be. All right, so it has a deal or no deal little uh, case around it. Is the case at least flipped open, or do you still have the case closed? Like, is it on the table but case closed, or is it on the table it's case open? Okay, case closed on the table. <laughs> on the table. But you know how it's see-through? I keep eyeballing it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is totally weird because I – you know, I was the opposite way last playoff series, and you are right. The Houston Rockets are a better basketball team, so this probably shouldn't make sense. Um, but the panic button for me, I feel like I'm sitting here at my desk at my podcasting table. I got a podcasting table. That's pretty cool, right? Um, sitting here at my no. pa- podcasting table. I'm just I'm peering off into the future. I see a uh, I see a Disneyland bag. I went to Downtown Disney uh, last week to get my mom a birthday present. Um, very safe, social distance. Don't worry. I see some candles. I see a television. Right next to that television. No, no, no. I see some baseballs down there. You know, I got some signed baseballs. Right next to those baseballs. They're in a baseball case is the panic button case. So it's in the room. It's easily, I can easily go pick it up when I'm admiring my signed baseballs. But I'm not close to pushing it yet. Um, But if they lose game two, it is going to be on my podcasting table. Case flipped. Howie Mandel in the room. Deal or no deal. That's how close it's going to be. So (laughs) took took the listeners on a little bit of a journey there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I envisioned your entire room right there. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Like you're, we pretty much just switched roles from last series. I think it's just better opponent for me. Um, I'm somebody who doesn't like to panic too much, considering that the Lakers are a better basketball team than the Rockets. I'm still very confident in saying that they definitely have the willpower to be able to turn it around and uh, take the series quite easily. It's just, you know, that remains to be seen. We've only seen one game against the Houston Rockets. After game two, I think we'll we'll kind of know what's up. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to finish the, the episode with one thing. Um, over at Lakers Nation, this is a tweet, at Lakers Nation, Frank Vogel and Rajon Rondo, and I quote, it is a challenge working in a new player into the rotation at this stage in the playoffs. Uh, no duh. But Rajon is one of the smartest players in the league. You know, I'll give him that. That's why he should probably be a bench coach. Um, he's definitely going to help us in this series. And we had a man by the name of Daniel Preciado quote tweeting this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this quote made me go from Lakers and six. So you picked Lakers and six. Maybe you said five on the okay. podcast. This yeah. quote made me go Lake, from Lakers and six to Rockets and seven so quick. Maybe it should have been so quickly, but I'm not going to be a, you know, critique your grammar. Oh, brother. I'm not even <laughs> kidding. I wish I was. Next tweet. I was genuinely impressed with Vogel's rotations against the Blazers. Rondo is absolutely throwing a wrench into that series. Frank Vogel, if you want to win this playoff series, you need to play Rajon Rondo less. You need to play Alex Crusoe more. Make Daniel happy. In the meantime... I think Vogel needs to listen to the Lake Show Life podcast and listen to us. Someone get a hold of him. Um, I don't care if it's like your cousin's cousin's brother um, is a parking attendant for the Lakers practice facility. I don't care if it's your grandma's neighbor's daughter went to high school with frank vogel um heck i don't care if you're lebron james listening to this you need to tell frank vogel to stop i don't care if you're rajon rondo listening to this you need to tell frank vogel hey coach 
these guys over the Lakeshore Life podcast, they said you need to bench me. You need to bench me right now. Um, that's just what Rajon Rondo should do. Uh, you got anything else, Daniel? Yeah. Go Lakers. I'll be balling every day.